We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast what's going on packers fans welcome to another saturday edition of the pack a day podcast i'm your host matt fralick alongside me is janelle Mackey, and of course eli berkovitz we're gonna do a couple things guys we got some housekeeping to get to um some news and notes after the season it's been a couple of press conferences Brian Gutekunz had one on Friday. Um, Notably, nothing really to take away from that. A lot of speculation around Jordan Love, around Aaron Rodgers, of course, Bakhtiari's future, Aaron Jones. Um, The beat kind of hit Gutekunz on a bunch of, you know, superlatives, notes, hypotheticals that he, as as, as always, deflects from them until there's a definitive answer. Um, So really nothing to update from that end. Typically... Um, we do an injury report. So we want to stick with that narrative as we exit the season as well and kind of look at some of the guys that are on IR right now, how their future could be impacted from those injuries, what their contract looks like, and if or not they're a free agent, how does that injury impact them being acquired back by the Packers, resigned, and or their free agent status. But uh, before we get into that, like I said, a couple news and notes to get to, guys. Um, first one being... I think most notable, not most notable, but I think it was something that came across everyone's timeline on Thursday. Um, the Packers uh, promoted a intern of an athletic trainer, um, Aaron Roberg. She is not 
Uh, it does sound like Aaron Rodgers, as we talked about ahead of time. There were some <laughs> jokes going on, on Twitter last night, but um, she's promoted to an assistant athletic trainer. She is from out of the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Really cool to see um, that promotion within the staff. I think oftentimes we never get to hear about athletic trainers within the staff um, either being promoted. That's kind of just like that that back seat that they take. You know, it's maybe some positional coaches you'll hear about, some strength and conditioning, but you never really hear an athletic trainer. So cool that she gets a nod, and she's actually the first female athletic trainer um, for the Green Bay Packers. So, Janelle, of course, I'll kick it over to you. Uh, what are your thoughts on um, this young female getting a promotion within the Packers? And kind of, you know, it seems like the Packers seem to be lagging when it comes to getting some of the more females and women into roles and, you know, higher end roles for the Packers. What are your thoughts on Miss um, Robert getting assigned as an assistant athletic trainer? Yeah, I mean, it's it's super cool to see, you know, just, uh, you know, as we continue in the NFL, seeing more and more women involved and, you know, this isn't even necessarily like a football role, but it's still like mm-hmm. a huge honor to be able to work for an NFL team and, you know, be entrusted in the health of these players. So um, obviously they feel highly enough of her to be able to take care of their million dollar athletes, which is a huge accolade to her and to be the first female. Like it's, it's kind of crazy to think like she's the first female because there's a lot of female athletic trainers who are amazing. And like, obviously as somebody who has gone through injuries before, like I know that there's a lot of amazing women in the medical field so it's super cool to just kind of not only see this promotion happen but for it to be recognized and now you know people are going to kind of know her because obviously like everybody knows like Dr. McKenzie and all that kind of stuff but now you know kind of getting a little bit more um, exposure to more of the staff and you know you just kind of like hope for nothing but the best obviously she was an intern so whatever she was doing was enough for them to want to promote her, which is super cool. So yeah, I think it's awesome to see her name out there for her to get the recognition. And, you know, it's crazy, like thinking about, okay, you go to school to become an athletic trainer. Now you're working at one of the highest levels. So it's an awesome thing. And um, yeah, good for her. It's awesome. Absolutely. Um, just to correct myself too, she got her undergrad for the University of Wisconsin-Madison and then got her master's degree in exercise science through Pennsylvania Western University out in uh, Pennsylvania. Um, also noting the picture they used for her, absolute badass looking out, looking like just running out onto the, onto the field. And I just want to reiterate that a ton of people, I, I know Janelle, like being living in Green Bay and, you know, going to school UW Green Bay. And like, you see a lot of people that intern um within you know the social media department you know sales pr athletic training it's like cool it's because it's those those positions do roll over quite a bit there's a lot of turnover but to see that she's been an intern since 2020 in that summer and was able to finally turn that into a full-time job is like kudos to her because it's a it's a tough you know business to break into and it's a tough organization once you're in you're in but it's it's a really tough um nut to crack to get in to work for the green bay packers a historic franchise and you know just business overall other news and notes to get to is we saw a snub from the pro bowl for Keyshawn nixon for a returner i believe they ended up giving it to cordero patterson which is absolutely laughable um that kind of just goes to what the pro bowl has become at this point but he did get a first-team All-Pro kick returner nod for the AP. Um, 44 out of the 51st-place votes, getting some recognition throughout the league. And he's the first Packers player to win a spot on the uh, team from the special teamer um, since, I believe it was, who did I see, Chris Jackie? So way back in the in the mid-'90s. Um, so kudos to Keyshawn Nixon. Saw some love across the league. Saw, uh, I believe it was Casey Hayward had tweeted some stuff out, Jalen Ramsey. 
Um, so getting some recognition from his counterparts from the defensive side across the league. So awesome well, to see. Isn't Nixon it kind of crazy how like last year special teams was without a doubt the worst part yeah. of this team, and now our only uh, first team All Pro of this season is a special teamer. Very like bizarre. nobody from the offense or defense, just you know a special teamer. So it's kind of if you look at it that way, it's kind of just humorous, but obviously like a well-earned title for him. I mean, he, he was a game changer for sure. So hoping for more of that next year, but a huge honor for him and congrats to Keyshawn Nixon. hundred percent. And he like crazy too, cause he wasn't even brought in as you know a returner. He was brought in as like a dime guy, a nickel package guy and a coverage guy and ends up, you know, midway through the year after the long, messy breakup that was with Amari Rogers ends up taking um over that character turn spot. So awesome to see for him. And then um the last notable one was Jair Alexander. Did not get first team, got second team choice. Um and Sauce Gardner Johnson or Sauce Gardner was picked over him as as well as Denver's Patrick Sertain. Um two pretty damn good corners. So but still to see, you know, where it start, seemed like Jair got off to a slow start. I was gonna uh, say I do feel good, like um good ending. I do kind of like feel like I need to like apologize because I know there was like, I know I didn't put anything out on social media, but I remember when he got, you know, announced as a Pro Bowl player, I was kind of like, well, does he like really deserve this title? Like, I mean, you know, it just, he really hadn't been doing enough that I felt like was worth that. And then he like, after I had thought those things and kind of said it to my family as we're watching games, he really kicked into high gear and I was like, okay, well, yeah, prove me wrong. Good. Love it for Jair. Um, Second team is still, a huge honor because only so many people out of how many players get their name recognized like that. So yeah, it's, it's awesome. I thought he really kind of got back to himself towards the end of the season. Cause I know, yeah, like you said, it was kind of a slow start, but, and you know, I, I was skeptical of him. Um, but you know, I shouldn't be, obviously he proved me wrong and I love when players prove me wrong. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Same here. We are like seven minutes into this episode. Haven't even got Eli's take on anything. Eli, any hot takes <laughs> from any of the all pro stuff? Eli, he's sick. Just kind of, he's here. You yeah, guys don't worry. He's here. Just kind of listening. Just any hot takes on the all, any hot takes on the all pro stuff, Eli, any, anything that you thought maybe someone should have got in second team, anything um, from the sorts? I do think, well, first off, I just want to congratulate Keyshawn Nixon and Jair Alexander. Of course, Nixon, First team, that's awesome. And this isn't the first time we've seen a Packers player not get voted to the Pro Bowl and then get first team all probably. Bakhtiari's done it maybe twice even. So, and speaking of Bakhtiari, I think he definitely made a case. I know he missed some time, but even maybe not first team, but second team. I mean, he didn't give up a sack the entire year. When he played, he was absolutely elite as always. And really, I feel like what, outside, like once we got past the first month of the season, the knee thing was basically in the past. And then, of course, yeah, he had the appendectomy, missed a couple games towards the end, and that is probably what ended up factoring in not getting him a, a nod at all pro. But Bakhtiari was someone I was really nervous going into this year. I mean, number one, just his future in general. Were we ever going to see David Bakhtiari be David Bakhtiari again? And he's shown that we could, we will see that, and we have seen that. And I was also nervous about his future with the Packers. I just thought with his big cap hit, which I believe is $29 million, I didn't think I really wasn't sure he was going to be back next year, but he played up to it. Goody made it clear on multiple occasions that he expects him to be back. So was Matt LaFleur. So David Bakhtiari, even though he didn't get the all pro nod, I think next year he'll be right back on that list as he always is. Yeah, that, I was actually say that that is one thing we did take away. I mean, if there's a caveat that's outside of Jordan Love, outside of Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, Goody saying that he expects 
Bakhtiari to be back or he'd want him back next year. And he kind of talked about how it seems like, you know, before the appendectomy, he had gotten past the knee, just kind of a, you know, case of bad luck there. And he hopes after the last, this last two years, it's, you know, up and up for David Bakhtiari into, you know, the end of his career. Also, you know, to the all pro stuff for the left tackle, tough to beat out a guy like Trent Williams, who's an absolute yeah. dog on the left side for the San Francisco 49ers. And then second team um, at that left guard, pos- or excuse me, left tackle position was Andrew Thomas, um, young lineman who started his years, you know, his first year or two, pretty underwhelming for the Giants, but yeah. has turned around um, this season for them in a more power run game with uh, Brian Dable. But guys, let's get into the injury list um, as we close out this season. Now, this is players that are currently on injury reserve. We want to make that clear because there are some players that like Aaron Rodgers with a th- you know his thumb, his ankle, knee, whatever else he's ailing. Those are concerns, of course. Um, Aaron Jones, I think, is one we could speculate on between his ankle and his knee. We saw him, you know, laboring through the last couple weeks of the season between that. And I'm sure there's other guys in between that we'll miss. But we're going to hit on the five players currently that are in injury reserve. And we're just going to go chronologically. So we're going to go back from – go all the way back to August 24th, my birthday, actually. Uh, Vernon Scott, safety, uh, goes on injury reserve with a shoulder. If you recall, I believe he got hurt in one of the preseason games. Kind of was just a, you know, a nonchalant hit. He ends up going out for the entire season. Um, I kind of forgot about that. He went out that early in the season, you guys, but I think some of that probably has to do with some of the, you know, the safeties they had on the roster at the time between they brought on Levitt, Ford, uh, Adrian Amos, and then, uh, well, Rudy Ford came on later, but Jonathan Ford was there at, at that time too. So it was kind of a, a muddied secondary group there. Vernon Scott is on the final year of his contract this year, coming up into 2023. Um, we're, Eli, I'll start with you. Like, where do you feel like Vernon Scott fits in? Um, cause it did seem like he had an opportunity to make this team in a special teams unit, he had came on strong during the preseason. If you think back to like actual, you know, defensive snaps, but with this kind of muddy defensive backfield, um, where does he fit in? And also to note Amos Levitt and Jonathan Ford, who I already mentioned are all free agents right now going into this off season. So what is your kind of projection for Vernon Scott and um, his status and his final year of his contract? Yeah. Um, obviously him missing the season is, is rough and doesn't help give do him any favors, but the fact that, Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos didn't necessarily do themselves a ton of favors this year should make Scott's future with the Packers potentially brighter. Obviously we'll have to see what they do with Amos and Levitt and, you know, who they're going to bring back in terms of, you know, I think Levitt special teams guy is someone the team really likes Amos, uh, you know, also a big uh, locker room guy, but obviously had a down year after some really good years. So we'll have to see how that goes, but I like Scott, even as a special teams guy. And when he did play defense, he showed a couple flashes. Obviously, I mean, I don't think he's a a down, you know, a play-in, play-out kind of guy. But I think he could be in a rotation. It's not like the Packers have a ton of, you know, a ton of talent and depth at safety right now as it is. So I'm hoping to see Scott, you know, get back as soon as he can, show what he can do, and at the very least, you know, may earn his spot on special teams, but potentially even find himself on the back end of the defense, depending on what they do this offseason of free agency in the draft. Janelle, your thoughts on Vernon Scott as he enters his final year of his contract and maybe some instability with that safety room? Yeah, I think if the safety room had played up to, you know, kind of the way, the potential that we thought they would have this season, I think that it would be a much different conversation, just kind of like, you know, Vernon Scott, really not a game changer. You know, if he's here, if he's not 
probably no difference in that room. But I mean, we kind of saw that, you know, we went into the season and we were so sure that Savage and Amos were going to be able to hold it down. And we saw Savage get benched and, you know, Amos just, he, he didn't have like a bad year, but he didn't have a good year. He kind of just was neutral. He kind of, you know, just kind of how Amos is and we don't hear his name a lot, but I mean, there's just a lot of struggles in that DB room this year. So I think that um, obviously there's guys like Gaines and Levitt and uh, Carpenter Fort. Like there's just kind of all these names in the safety room right now. So I think just given the way that the safeties had played this year, it's kind of a, you know, you can earn a spot in that room right now. Like it's really nobody's spot. Um, it's more like Amos and Savage's position to lose at this point. So there's opportunities for other guys. You know, we saw Rudy Ford really step up and um, depending on where they would play Vernon Scott in that safety role. And I know Eli kind of mentioned uh, the special teams role, which we saw Levitt involved in a lot this season. So maybe if Scott doesn't get hurt, that's more his position. But I think that right now, just kind of given um, what's going on in that room, depending on what uh, the injury is, like how prolonged it is and when he comes back and at what point um, there is potential for him to maybe work his way back into a spot just because, you know, nobody really played up to high enough potential where it's like, yeah, this is like a set in stone. Like they're, they're going to keep that spot going into next season. Um, there's just so much uncertainty right now where it wouldn't be the craziest thing for him to be able to come off IR and, maybe work his way back onto the roster. So again, like, it's not like if he is here, if he isn't here, it's not a huge difference to me, but he, he's kind of been put, I mean, it, it's unfortunate the way that it panned out, but he kind of has the benefit of the safety room, not playing up to potential for him to be able to hopefully work his way back onto a roster, either a special teams or in the safety position. Yeah, definitely. I think um, you said it best. Is just like you uh, you don't really know who those safe or excuse me, you don't really know who those special teamers will be. With a couple guys um, being up on contract that were those special teamers between Jonathan Ford and between um, Levitt. I think it just makes sense to keep Vernon Scott at this point and him to be a special teamer. So we go to the next one. Um, this one was an injury, bicep injury, October 22nd for Jake Hansen. Jake Hansen, as we remember, a center drafted out of the <clears throat> University of Oregon many years ago, a couple years ago, thought maybe he would be the you know takeover from Corey Lindsley just with his um, veteran or not veteran, but like how many reps he had taken um, at center for the Oregon ducks. I want to say he started like over 40 plus games. It seemed like a foregone conclusion. He would be there, um, but he has a bicep injury. Didn't really start obviously at all since Josh Myers has been there. Um, I would, this one seems pretty obvious to me that he would just, he is a free agent that they would just let him walk, but there's been a lot of criticism over the last couple of weeks. And I think throughout this entire year, maybe in his entire career of Josh Meyer, since he's been there, hasn't really been that stability, if you will. Um, he will be always overshadowed at this point uh, from Creed Humphrey, the center from uh, Kansas City Chiefs, who has selected one pick after him. Could You could have Creed Humphrey, who is an all-pro, an all-pro uh, bowl-type player, but instead Packers selected Josh Myers. Eli, is there any conversation um, that Jake Hansen could possibly resign to this team. I, if I do, you know, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I do believe he took some snaps in preseason or training camp at like one of the guard positions. Um, but your thoughts on Jake Hansen going forward, if there's any light at the end of the tunnel for him to be a, a Green Bay Packer. Um, it, it's not, I, I would not 
say it's likely, but at the same time, you kind of mentioned uh, what I was going to say, which is Josh Myers not necessarily living up to that, I believe, second-round draft mm-hmm. pick. He's just – he's been – you know, it's not like he's been atrocious. He's not been awful, but he just – he hasn't been great. And I guess also maybe, you know, when you come off of Corey Lindsley for as long as we had him, no one's going to look that great. But, yeah, obviously Creed Humphrey, you're always going to wonder – why that wasn't the pick. He was the universal number one center in that draft. People yeah. say, you know, it's because he's a lefty. Rodgers never took a snap from a left-handed center. I don't know what that changes for a quarterback, but that's the only reason that anyone I've seen that could even be anything because either way, uh, in terms of Jake Hansen, I, I look, I, I don't see them, even if they were to move on from Myers, I think they would either draft someone or bring in a veteran. I don't think they're going to be like, well, Myers hasn't been great. I'm sure Hanson's going to be better. I don't think so. So it wouldn't surprise me if Hanson walks. Maybe, maybe they bring him back, you know, work him out in training camp on a cheap deal, see how he looks, and maybe uh, then he can compete for a spot on the roster, and who knows from there. But, yeah, I'm, I would not say it's likely. No, I would totally agree. And actually going back here, he did actually start um, at guard versus the Minnesota Vikings. He ended up getting hurt October 22nd. Um, so that was, I believe that was the one start he had. Looked absolutely atrocious versus that Minnesota Vikings defensive front. Um, I kind of agree with you. Like, just let him walk. Go get another versatile guy. They've done it before. Maybe you missed a little bit on Hanson. Kind of let him walk and um, go forward. But, Janelle, any final thoughts on Jake Hanson? Yeah, I think especially the center position is so important, and especially – on a team that really has a lot of uncertainty going into the quarterback position next year. I think that could also potentially play into, you know, if, if Rogers comes back and he's comfortable, like he has that relationship with Josh Myers and they know how to play well with each other. I think it'd be important to, you know, keep them together. So I think that kind of the quarterback position could have some impact on who the center is, because right now it's not like a, it's not a huge debate on like talent, but if, it, if they're equal, in that sense, but Rogers has the better relationship or, you know, if they go on to love and then they want to maybe just get, maybe that's the opportunity to go um, either draft somebody and move on from both of them, then, you know, they may, they might look at that and kind of use that as a, a determining factor in how they want to go about the center position. Cause they're both young guys. Um, I think what Josh Myers is in his, is this is only his second season that he's, he's finishing up on and he was hurt um, a lot of last year. So I think that, there's still, you know, it, it, it's interesting too. Cause I mean, there was just so much going on with the offensive line all year mm-hmm. that Josh Myers was kind of like the, the one reliable who like he was always there. And so we really didn't talk about him much this year because we were so focused on everything going on around him. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I truly think that the quarterback position could impact the center position. And I do think that Josh Myers is the guy that they'll stick with, but I mean, if you move on from Rodgers and they want to use that as an opportunity to maybe get rid of Hanson and test somebody else out in the draft, then they could possibly do that as well. Yeah, definitely a scenario, um, depending on the quarterback position, that we'll look at going forward. Guys, if you remember now, as we get the last three of these injuries, this is when our uh, episodes maybe became a little bit more taxing towards this time of the season, more injuries. The injury list was longer um november 9th receipt length injury reports yes yes the longest the longest cvs receipt injury report exactly like Um, scroll down your screen (laughs) yeah uh 
this was when, yeah. So November 9th, Rayshon Gary obviously hurts his knee, ends up getting confirmed earlier in that week, um, November 9th after the game, um, that he, uh, you know, tore his knee, uh, pretty bad injury. He is in the final year of his contract, um, coming off of a significant knee injury in 2023. Um, this will be his final year. Will he get resigned? What happens? When does that extension get played out? Normally, as we've seen with the Packers, it's you know pretty easy to understand how Gutekunst has done it. As, you know, contract extensions with higher end players. They did it this year with Elton Jenkins. Did it earlier um, with Jair Alexander, Alexander in the year. What does that leave Rayshon Gary with money on the table? Does he get? a team-friendly deal based off that injury, him probably not getting back to full speed until 2024, you would guess, especially with that injury happening November 9th. Pretty explosive player. You would think it would take a full 12 years for him to get back, maybe to get him to some months. sort of – 12 months. 12 <laughs> months. 12 years and that. 12, 12 months, not 12 years, but 12 months. I have a little exactly. faith. Jeez, Matt. Um, I do have faith. I think he's a he rehabs pretty well and solid guy, so thank you for correcting me on that. Janelle, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts on, I guess, you know, obviously Rayshon Gary is a, a cornerstone to this defense. Where do you think he, I mean, what do you think the Packers do with him? Do they wait until later in the year to re-sign him to see how he progresses? Do they sign him early, you know, before the season starts to get him under a more of a team-friendly deal, knowing they're getting kind of a discount with him on the knee injury? What are your thoughts of Rayshon going forward and how this will, you know, impact the team? And even just that outside linebacker, and we can kind of talk between the three of us um, overall, like where that leaves the offensive, you know, the outside linebacker room, because right now they're kind of in shambles. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I mean, especially when we're discussing knee injuries, obviously we've seen all year with Bakhtiari, knee injuries are, they're a tricky thing. And especially when you're going into a contract year, um, you kind of assume that, you know, both sides like Gary and his agent are probably going to want some kind of stability. And, you know, I 100% do not see the Packers moving on from him. I think that they're going to try and do their best to negotiate something while also, you know, on the business side, trying to make it, you know, because 
there there is uncertainty when you have injuries like that. But I mean, Rashawn Geary was really coming into his own. He was really becoming the center of this defense, and it was it was just a terrible time. To, I mean, there's no good time to lose Geary, but I mean, when you lose him, and that like he could have been such a huge piece in trying to make that playoff push, and we were just kind of seeing seeing what Rashawn Geary really can do for this team and the impact he has, and you don't just move on from a guy like that. So I think the Packers are definitely going to push to do what it takes while also, you know, saving their behinds with the financial situation. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, Gary comes back no matter what. And he just seems like the kind of guy who is working hard. He's, he's just a good dude, a phenomenal athlete. And you can just see perseverance in the way that he plays. And I assume that he's going through his rehabilitation with his injury, the same exact way. And he's the kind of guy who you know that he's going to come back hungry and he's going to want to go out there as soon as he comes back be the difference maker that he is so I'm not super worried about his comeback um but again like the neat that's where you kind of have to figure things out because even though that's the kind of player he is and that's how you assume things are going to go you just never know with knee injuries because they're just so weird and everybody recovers so differently um that you know they're they're going to have to come to an agreement like I don't know if he's going to get like a big contractor, like money wise, what he's going to get. And I'm sure it's going to be one of those weird things where at like 1am all of a sudden we get the news that he signs and it's going to be one of those like obscure, like July Tuesdays and we wake up and he's like re-signed with the team or something. But I just, you know, Rashawn Gary, he really put himself in a good position. Like the injury is terrible, but he played himself into, you know, getting that next contract despite being injured. 100%. Like, he really came on this year. I felt like he was, you know, Packers fans, maybe last year, were a little bit divided on where his performance was to begin the year. But at the end of the year, um, he really came on as a, as a, a really damn good football player. And with Darius Smith in that locker room this year, I think he took the next step. And he was getting national recognition. I think it was a, yeah. obviously that at this point, a consensus like, damn, 52 is a damn good football player. Um, Eli, any prediction, like what that Janelle kind of mentioned it, like, what does that contract look like? Is it a short-term deal, a little bit more, you know, higher paid? Is it a long-term deal with some, you know, less guaranteed money? Like, do you have any thoughts? Cause it's kind of unprecedented for the Packers to have a guy of this athletic ability of this, you know, importance that they need, you know, an edge rusher where they're limited in edge rushers right now. They definitely want to invest the time in him, but coming off a knee injury into his final year, it's just kind of a tricky situation. Like any any idea of what they'll kind of do with his contract? Uh, I, I do think first off, they're they're going to resign him almost regardless, and I would say they'll resign him sooner than later. I think probably before Week One of next season. Okay, Sean Gary's extended, and I would say I, I think you know again, obviously it's super unfortunate, and we wish it didn't happen, but I think he's going to come back and be the player that he is, I think that could take him at least, you know, a good chunk of next year, if not maybe all of next season. And because of that, I do think the team is going to get a cheaper deal than they would have because he was he was on a trajectory to top five outside linebacker kind of contract because you see in the NFL now, if you're paying a, a big kind of star, which was, he was becoming – you're not just giving him middle of the pack money. It's it's if it's not resetting the market completely, it's at near at or near the top. So Gary was headed there. Unfortunately, this is probably going to take some money off the table for him because the Packers, obviously, like you said, Jen, knee injuries. All we have to do is look at David Bakhtiari to know 
how unpredictable they are. But assuming, you know, with the way players are recovering now from ACLs, that Gary is back and looking like himself by 2024, the latest, hopefully, I think I think he gets, you know, a four-year deal. I don't think they do. I don't think I just don't think Gary would even I don't think Gary's gonna try to sign a two-year deal or anything mm-hmm. like that. I think they get in lockdown in a four-year deal. It'll probably it'll still be top ten money, but I would say more in the range of five to seven as opposed to one to five. So I think he's still gonna get good money, but it's definitely, you know, and that's a big difference. You know, the difference between the number one paid linebacker, um, and the number seven are sorry, let me just I just had this up. Yeah, go ahead. Is yeah, I mean it's it's almost ten million a year. So it's a difference. But Absolutely. at the end of the day, it's still a lot of money. So that that's how I see Gary's uh situation going. I'm hoping he gets locked up and yeah, he clearly is a phenomenal player. So I want him in Green Bay. hundred percent. I'm just looking at spot rack. I think that's a, a great spot for stooges like ourselves to look at. Yeah. like contracts and rosters like right now his current market value is 20 million dollars which puts him in the likes of those top five guys bosa garrett tj watt leonard williams who's having a, a career year resurgence but where does that you know is this is this taking in consideration the acl tear before you were wrapping up i was like oh this might be a point i don't think you can do this though because they picked up his fifth year option he's slated to make almost 10.9 million dollars this year but i don't think you can restructure a fifth year option like that doesn't seem like a thing you could possibly yeah, do so that's guaranteed yeah. right so it's like they would goody talked about in the press conference it's like oh shoot you could actually restructure because he's talking about a restructuring a bunch of guys you can't do that with race on here so it's gonna be interesting i think i think he i agree with you i think he'll definitely be signed before the season starts because it doesn't seem like one that they'd want to go into um and both parties i think it's in it's definitely in Rayshon gary's favor i would say to go into the season with a, a new contract not to play because like you don't know what could happen maybe they'll have some young guys that come in outperform him he has some setback with the injury then he's stuck without a contract and looking at way way less money than i mean i don't think he's going to get 20 million that seems like a, a crazy amount of money who knows uh, we don't know what the salary cap looks like this next year and we don't know what the market looks like with other free agents in this offseason uh the final two guys another young player um we saw when we had back-to-back injuries with the defense was eric stokes battled an ankle injury had battled injuries all year he was finally put on ir many have talked about earlier in the year eric stokes's performance um it i was a little bit underwhelmed with it let's take into consideration that the defense was completely underwhelming they were really really out of sorts and eric stokes never really benefited from this resurgence of the last you know month of the season excluding the the lions week 18 game um he is coming into uh, his second of his last year, 2024 will be his final year. I believe at this point they haven't picked up his fifth year option, or even if they would, um, if they've done that. So they have not picked up his fifth year option. So 2023 will be his third year with the team. 2024, he's under contract, and they have an option to pick up his fifth year option at that point. Uh, Eli, I'll, I'll keep with you. What are your thoughts on Stokes thus far, just like performance wise? Do you think he's earned a potential fifth year option i know they have another one to get to with Rayshon, or excuse me with uh darnell savage before they get to there or they picked up savages but they have to get to jordan loves and they get to stokes like what are your thoughts on eric stokes thus far and where do they even need to you know keep him around with the emergence of rasul douglas jerry alexander you imagine maybe they'll go and get us a, a corner at some point in this draft in the offseason uh yeah i mean for me the, the, look no doubt stokes was not playing his best football to start the season this year but like you said, the defense as a whole was just terrible. And I think 
they were just not aligned correctly. I mean, Stokes is an outside corner, which is where he was, but having Douglas on the inside never really made any sense. Jair on the outside, the whole thing was just kind of out of whack. But Stokes as a rookie was as impressive as, you know, as we've seen from a rookie in a while, you know, finished the year with um, with a pick, uh, a bunch of pass breakups, with nine pass breakups, which is one of the tops in the league last year. And, yeah, second year, we see all the time, you know, there are players that come out as rookies and look really good, and then their second year takes a bit of a dip. And it's usually that year three that kind of shows you, okay, is this guy what he was as a rookie, or is this guy on that dip and he's just going straight down and he's staying down? But I don't think that's the case with Stokes. I really, I was honest, I was very impressed with what we saw out of him last year. No doubt, I would say his, his biggest critique for me is that he he needs to be able to track the ball and find the ball when, when it's coming at him because he's had so many opportunities for interceptions that he either knocks up, uh, knocks away, which is great, but sometimes he just misses the ball completely and gives up a reception when it likely could have been an interception. So that is definitely something he needs to work on. But as a whole, uh, I thought he was just kind of, the, you know, a physical in-your-face kind of corner that the Packers could really use. So I'm hoping he gets healthy, comes back next year, fix up some of the issues he had early this season, and shows us what he did as a rookie. Because if that, if he does that, again, Jair and Stokes, we were, all, we were very excited going into this year about the Jair, Stokes, Douglas trio. And I think we can be, we can look just as good as we did last year, assuming Stokes is healthy again. 100%. Uh, Eric Stokes, one of those Georgia defensive players that the Packers have prioritized the last two years in the first round of the draft, dealing with an, a knee and an ankle injury. I think it's that important to note he's dealing with both injuries. I like what you said, though, there. Like, you see it oftentimes, first year players, especially certain positions like cornerback, have a good starting year. We're seeing some good. Um, corners this year at, as rookies uh, doing that Tariq Woolen being one of them yeah. out in Seattle but that second year can kind of be a little bit of a setback I think there was probably a lot of opportunities you talk about those pass breakups in year one you got Jair on one side I think any offensive coordinator quarterbacks like shoot we're gonna go pick on the rookie like why would we not do that but yeah. he was able to do that and I think tracking the ball is definitely something that he needs to improve on because that's been that was a weak spot throughout this year and he's gonna have some competition when he comes back from that injury he should be able to go I would assuming day one trying to see if he had surgery I don't see anything about a surgery for him I'm sure he had something um you know Packers are pretty tongue-in-cheek when it comes to injury related news surgery anything of that extent so it's not like an ACL injury that Rayshon Gary will be coming back for so I imagine Eric Stokes will be able to be out there with the likes of Rasul Douglas and Jair Alexander come the 2023 training camp Janelle your thoughts uh real quick if any on Eric Stokes coming back and how he fits into the the secondary room going forward yeah, I mean, you guys both touched on a lot of really good points. And I think Eric Stokes, he just had such a phenomenal rookie year that he really set the bar high for him coming in in that second year. And he wasn't reaching that ceiling that we had seen um, in his first year. And, you know, he kind of was having that sophomore slump a little bit before uh, his injury took him out of the season. Um, but I, I do think that there's just so much potential with Eric Stokes. I think that he, like his body size, his speed. I think that, you know, I mentioned a lot of times this season, like with the matchups and I mean, there's starting to be more, like there's a lot of very talented receivers in this division um, that we're, we're going to be seeing many, many times a year. So to be able to have him being able to help out, I think is going to be huge. Um, like you said, just kind of being able to work on maybe that hand-eye coordination, breaking up those passes. Um, that's going to be huge. But yeah, I think 
like, I know he kind of had a rough start to the season, but I'm not down on Eric Stokes or anything. I mean, he didn't even get to finish his second season. So I think year three would be like, you kind of mentioned the prover year to kind of see what kind of player is he going to be when he comes back? Like what's his true potential. Um, But I think just kind of given what we saw in his rookie year and hopefully he can bounce back from not only the injury, but also the slump that we were seeing earlier this year. And um, we kind of touched on it too. This, the whole DB room, um, they really had a brutal start to this season. They were kind of starting to find a, find their footing later on by the time that he was already out with his injury. Um, Yeah. I think that, I think the whole DB room injuries aside is going to have a lot to prove next year. Um, But yeah, I mean, Eric, so I'm not like super worried about where he stands with this team. I think that he's still going to be a starter when he comes back. I think that there's just so much potential for him and maybe I'm setting the bar too high for him. And I just feel like, I feel like the way that he's played, I am allowed to set the bar that high for him. I think that there's just so much potential for him. And, you know, he just has to kind of get those little flaws fixed and he could be a huge asset to that room again. So I'm hoping that the injury isn't much of a setback and that he's able to come like have a good bounce back season and really help out this DB room because it was it was hurting a lot this year. 100%. Guys, last player I want to get, and I, I agree, Eric Stokes, I think him going forward, some of that criticism, Eli kind of sold me on that as this you know, second-year guy. Right, yeah. He had, he had such a good rookie year. Like, it's just, it's going to happen. It's but hard think, to come yeah. back and meet the standards that he had set for himself so early on. 100%. The last player we're going to get to, guys, and I think this is a polarizing pick. Uh, not a pick, polarizing player. Dean Lowry. He is a free agent, had the calf injury. He kind of went under the radar almost when he went down and was put on IR. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to open it up to whoever wants to take this. Is it a, Is there any scenario where you think Dean Lowry is brought back? He is the fifth, from what I'm looking here, fifth longest drafted Packer on this team before him would be Rodgers, Mason Crosby, Bakhtiari, and Kenny Clark. Um, Dean Lowry has mm-hmm. been with the team since 2016. Any scenario you think Dean Lowry is brought back? Well, I mean, I really didn't even think he'd be back this year, and then he was. So I think going into this season, I didn't expect to see him. But they brought him back, and every once in a while, he made a big play. He's not like a splash player, but he's kind of like all reliable. Like, he doesn't do a lot wrong, but he's not making the big plays, at least from what I've seen. You know, I'm not, like, focusing a lot on Dean Lowry half the time. So, um, yeah, I think that just kind of given the talent that's in that room and kind of, you know, what they could possibly be filling. And I know that, um, you know, maybe they'll look at the draft for that. You know, you kind of hope Devontae Wyatt can develop into something. And then where does that put Lowry, especially with the injury? And um, but yeah, I think that it, I don't expect him to be back, but I wouldn't be surprised if they found a way just because he's kind of been a reliable player for them in certain scenarios. hundred percent. Um, Eli, your thoughts on Dean Lowry? He, like I said, been with the team since 2016. He is 28 years old. Like Janelle mentioned, like kind of surprising that he was brought back. They did um, convert some of his contract, I think, into a signing bonus. That was able, they were able to eat that a little bit easier and bring him back. Um, what was that May? Of, or excuse me, May of this year, May of this last year. So, um, your thoughts on Dean Lowry <laughs> and just kind of where they're at with the the defensive line room right now? Yeah, uh, I don't want to like sound harsh because I do appreciate Dean Lowry 
and his tenure in Green Bay, he like Jen said, he's not not like making a ton of plays often, but he's made some big plays for the Packers. He's blocked some kicks. Not a lot of guys have done that for the Packers. He's done that a few times. He was consistent, not consistent, but more than anyone else, I would say, batting the ball down to the line of scrimmage. I always like to see that. But we all know he wasn't sacking the quarterback. He wasn't making tackles for losses. He wasn't, you know, he kind of got pushed around by guards for the most part. That That's really what was happening. The fact that he's been on the team for as long as he has, I guess that's just a testament, you know, to probably him as a person, him in the locker room. And again, no, no, like hate towards him, but you look at the lot, you look at the interior defensive line for the Packers right now. You have Kenny Clark, young, locked up stud. You have Devontae White, you just drafted in the first round, really came on strong at the end of the year. You're hoping for, you know, that jump year two. Jaron Reed, who I believe is going to be a free agent, but he had some pretty, he had some splash games. Wouldn't surprise me. If the Packers brought him back on another one-year deal, I think I just saw this week, he said, you know, he, he found the new home in Green Bay. He really loves it there. So, Reed, you we know. We really love him here, too. <laughs> I, I enjoy TJ Slayton. Him. Yeah, and then exactly. Then you got TJ Slayton, who also, you know, obviously a huge game against Minnesota and some other, you know, big plays throughout the year. So, Dean Lowry, again, thank you for your time in Green Bay. But in my opinion, I think it is it is up. And assuming, I'm sure they'll draft you know, even if it's in day three, they'll draft another interior lineman. I just don't think uh, there's any reason to bring Dean Lowry back at this point. Kenny Clark can be the veteran of that room pretty easily. Yeah, I totally agree. I would look, you know, you would think if there's maybe a couple guys on the free agency chopping block, block other than Lowry, I mean, it is Ray, or J. Ron Reed, but that we've seen that veteran D-tackle um, signing just kind of evolve over the last couple of years. It doesn't really matter who it is. I would say Jaron Reed's been on the higher end of you know performance like Janelle said we've enjoyed his time here hopefully they can bring him back but if you can save a little bit of money and bring J. Ron Reed back or if, if if honestly if Dean Lowry just wants to stay um that's fine too but I, I just seems I mean, like his time like a friendly deal yeah but it seems then, like they already did that though like they already yeah, did that I mean how many friendly deals can you take right how many how many does he want to take like wouldn't you want to go see what the market looks like for yeah. your services elsewhere and see if you can get a, a little bit longer contract i mean given given the way it's not like he's like he's not a terrible player so you think that he could maybe move his way up in the depth chart with another team for sure exactly and make a little um, bit more money especially with the injury hoping to like you know just get some money in your pocket 100 one thing i need to correct here uh i was calling rudy ford jonathan ford this entire for the entire first half, we were talking about. I was Scott. wondering if there was like a Jonathan Ford on the practice nope. squad. I, I mean, I knew the defensive lineman, but I was like, okay, maybe. All right, I don't know where <laughs> I pulled that from. So, uh, yeah, Jonathan Ford did not make a a uh, position switch. Rudy Ford, <laughs> who I'm a big fan of, is a free agent with uh, Dallin Levitt and also Adrian Amos. So let's just correct that. Um, if anyone turn off the episode, you know. 13 minutes in and finally getting to the 50 minute mark because of that. Uh, I apologize. So guys, that's what the injury report looks like right now. Obviously there's other injuries out there. Like we mentioned between Rogers, Aaron Jones, but that's like kind of the guys that are, uh, you know, active. I would say there's, you know, between uh, Dean Lauer being on his final year of his contract, along with Jake Hansen, kind of guys that we we've kind of said, like probably going to take a walk, Eric Stokes, Rayshon Gary, super impactful young players that they need to have, bounce back from injuries obviously Gary with the ACL and Eric Stokes with lower body injuries as they say in the NHL Janelle and then Vernon Scott (laughs) safety spot not surely what's going to go on with those safeties um under that aren't under contract between Rudy Ford 
Dallin Levitt, Adrian Amos, and then him just being a special teamer. But um, that's what we have for the injury report. Honestly, it's less than I thought you guys getting into this. I thought there's going to be more guys on the IR. There was obviously a few dudes going into the last week of the season, week 18. Um, Josiah DeGuar was like the main one. Didn't see a lot of snaps from him in that game. But ultimately, pretty much everyone is hurt at this point in the offseason. They're all resting getting their bodies back in shape. And as we get into the offseason, the Pack-A-Day podcast will continue to cover any news and notes. I was pleasantly surprised with some of the news we were able to get to earlier in this episode um, between the All-Pro stuff and then the assistant athletic trainer, um, Aaron, what's her name again? Roberg. Roberg. Thank you. Thank yep. you. Not Ro- I almost said Rogers. Aaron Roberg. Um, <laughs> it's just stuff like that is like what we look forward to in this offseason as we transition into Combine draft free agency etc etc stick with pack a day podcast on the youtube side check us out there please subscribe and Erie and us are to hit over ten thousand subscribers there continue to crush on the podcast side for us with your listens your streams subscriptions reviews ratings whatever um and then follow us on twitter and tiktok i believe on twitter we're almost up to ten thousand view or ten thousand followers tiktok i think we're crushing there just getting the numbies up over there um but eli where can everyone else besides pack a day podcast get in front of you get in, get your content and what do you have uh what are you working on um yeah as always you can find me on twitter at book of eli underscore nfl and some of my writing and especially not going into the off season and the draft and free agencies really when I do the bulk of my writing for Packer Report. So I actually just uh, posted an article yesterday, uh, if you're interested, on wondering whether or not Matt LaFleur should be calling plays for the Packers going forward. You can check that out. But in general, it's going to be mostly draft-related stuff going forward. So if you're into the draft, make sure to give me a follow on Twitter, and uh, you'll, you'll get all the content there between film and my writing. Good topic. I think that's a, a great conversation to have, especially with we saw some of the, the play calling maybe in week 18 and throughout. I think that's a great um, piece. So go check out Eli's work over there for Packer Report. Janelle, where can everyone find all the content you're putting out these days and what do you got going on into the offseason now? Yeah, uh, as usual, you can find anything that I'm posting over on my Twitter at Big Mac underscore four. Um, we'll continue through the offseason and through all the fun that that is over here at Packaday. I'm sure we'll kind of come up with either some clever topics or discuss um, whatever news will potentially drop. Um, you'll also be able to find me over on Game On Wisconsin, open book with Eli and Zach. We'll kind of figure out what we want to do with our off season. Sorry to cut you off. I don't know how I forgot that that happened. But yeah, yes, thanks, Eli. <laughs> like, I was like, I was talking, and I'm like, there's something massively just blanking. Yeah, okay. whatever. Season ends, and you just forget about me and Zach. It is what it yeah. is. Uh, but no, we'll, I think we'll probably take a couple weeks here and then get back into our off season. Cause obviously those guys just can't, can't stay away from me for too long. And then, yeah, I mean, softball season's rolling around. I'll get back into coaching. Hockey season's going to take a front seat now. So yeah, I mean, uh, getting it like I'm something's got to fill on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Got to fill the void of the absence of football so yeah i mean that's hmm. what the draft is for john this is the year you dive into the draft mm, i don't know i i really <laughs> wish that it was like a passion of mine but when the season isn't even over and people are already posting about their draft crushes i'm like yeah. you guys like come on like yeah i, <laughs> I, I decided I- i'm gonna wait till the super bowl to, to really go hard on twitter because so i'm like it's a bit it's a bit aggressive i've so. also learned it's you know i can't have my heart broken on the draft if i 
don't care Literally. enough. You know, I, I can't be yeah. disappointed if we Every don't take year. that awesome receiver from LSU or whatever it might be. <laughs> yeah. So I'll, I'll try, you know, send me like, I'll, I'll scroll. I'll, I'm sure people will send me like, Hey, what do you think about this person? I'll be like, yeah, cool. Like, yeah. I'm sure if I start, like, as soon as I start to like somebody that I think like the Packers could potentially draft, it's like, Oh no, like I know that they're not, they're not going to take them. So what's even the point? Um, I, I basically just look forward to seeing, where my badgers all go and kind of like who's going to get the hometown signing in like the seventh round and all that good stuff. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure that I will just be bombarded on the timeline with all the draft stuff, but I mean, we all have to, we all have to find our, find our happiness in the off season here, which unfortunately starting a little earlier than we hope for. Definitely. This is the time of the season that you and Dan Kotnick become best friends. You just reunite. Yeah, I know. Just, your I remember Dan this year to, you know, talk about Bruins hockey. And, you know, that's kind of our our meeting point there. And so you guys are just going to have to have to deal with it, I guess, or find a hockey team. I know Eli, unfortunately, is a Blackhawks fan. So, you know, mm-hmm. him and I aren't exactly friends in the hockey community. But, Matt, you know, come over to the wild side. No pun intended. Come <laughs> over to the wild side. I don't even know. I don't even know who I would root for at this point. There's one kid from my hometown. I forget his name. Little guy from Stevens Point that plays. I don't remember. He had a really good year like last year too, but I don't even remember who he plays for. I'm not an NHL fan by no <laughs> means. Um, and I actually, admittedly, guys, already did a four-round mock draft. Uh, a couple of them already. I didn't post any of them because I don't know who oh, half Matt's the players that guy. are. <laughs> um, but that's the first time I think I've done a mock track so soon. And part of that was just like, damn, I'm really missing Packers football. And I saw some yeah. people already doing it. I'm like, I want to see what's out there, but um, I will not be posting it. We, we all cope differently with the end of the season. It's okay. That's how I, that is exactly how I coped. Um, but for the rest of my uh, Packers and content that I put out, you can find myself on Twitter, just like Eli and Jen. Um, my Twitter handle is at Matt underscore fray underscore that's at m-a-t-t underscore f-r-a underscore brendan Drozinski and i will be wrapping up our season two season three season three of final dump on monday 8 p.m central standard mm-hmm. time uh check us out on all game on wisconsin streaming platforms facebook youtube and twitter of course we're going to break down some of our favorite moments from the season some of our favorite players plays moments just etc kind of just go through that as a as a recap and kind of just launch you into the 2023 offseason and dump everything from the 2022 season um, and leave it behind you. But for myself, Janelle Mackey, Eli Berkovitz, I want to say thank you for listening to us throughout this season. Continue to follow Pack-A-Day podcast throughout every single day, 24-7, 365. We don't miss a day, whether it's some weird Mad lib superlative stuff, whether it's breaking down your favorite Packers moments from the 90s, whether it's some recent news, some crazy smokescreen speculation that we get from some random beat reporters out of Chicago or wherever the hell pack a day podcast will break it down for you and sift through the BS until we get into the real nitty gritty through the draft, the off season free agency. Um, but we appreciate everyone listening. You guys take care, be well. And as always, go, go pack. Go. Go.
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.